0: With us today, is Senator Joe Manchin, during this week, he announced that he <laughs> may think of running for president. Well, Senator, I mean, uh, uh, like I said to you uh, offline, uh, we know each other uh, uh, for yeah. a little while, but I felt felt like I know you all my life, and and my right. wife uh, uh, loves uh, West Virginia. Uh, <laughs>
1: well, we love have you, we made love up you your all mind? too, John.
0: Joe, have you made John, up here's, your mind?
1: Here's, here's what I made up my mind so you'll know where I'm at today, okay? I made, a, I made a decision not to run for re-election as far as United States Senate. And people would ask, why'd you do that, Joe? And I said, you know what? I've been involved 40, over 40 years representing the most beautiful state of West Virginia. And the people that I have been born with, raised with, lived with, and uh, known, as some of the best people in the world. They're hardworking. They give their all for their, uh, for their family and their state and their country. They do the heavy lifting and mine the coal, made the steel, and the guns and ships defends the country. I've done everything I possibly can. We've been very successful bringing some opportunities to West Virginia. And I finally come to the decision, John, with the country as divided as we are, and the politics in Washington is dividing us even further. It's making you and I and everybody in between almost sick and tired. Enough is enough. They want you to pick a side. And they're saying, well, that side's worse than I am, so if you're a D or an R, you're the villain on the other side. I was never raised, John, looking at anybody on another side as being my enemy. Uh, they might have been my competitor, but we can always work together and find you know, ways to, to live together. And today it's not that way. So Washington is divided, and Washington wants you and I to be divided and the rest of America to be divided because it's a better business model for them. So, I came to the conclusion I can't change it. I've been here 13 years. I'm not going to change it from within. And I've decided to go around and see if I can mobilize the radical middle, John. Is that something? The radical, moderate, sensible, reasonable, middle, modern part of this country. Because I I think think, there's
0: more. I do think that the middle is ready to uh, revolutionize and make a comeback because uh, the extreme left and the extreme right is no place to be.
1: John, you don't run you and I. You don't run your life that way from that from the extremes. You don't run your family from that from the extremes. If you're going to be successful and have a, a, a good family and and have things uh, balanced, you're going to run it from the center left, center right. It's going to be the moderate middle. And I can tell you, there's an awful lot of good moderate Democrats and moderate Republicans that are just fed up, but they're just keeping quiet because there's so much noise coming from the far left and far right, and i just said enough's enough. So I'm going to see and go around and talk to them. I don't know what that will lead to, and people ask, what are you going to do? And I said, listen, I'm an American first, I'm a West Virginian second, and I'm the most independent, independent, centrist, moderate Democrat you've ever seen. And guess what? A lot of my friends, some of my best friends are the most centrist, moderate, independent Republicans you've ever seen. And we just had enough. We're going to say if we can see something, make something happen, work together, put the country first, forget about the parties. But boy, it's a big business up here, John. They just uh, the business, the Democrat business and the Republican business has been quite profitable and doing quite well.
0: Frank Bruno, he's your numero uno. Absolutely right. And uh, uh, Some of the problems I have with Washington, it seems like Washington is for sale sometimes. And everybody has to remember, being an American and worry about America is more important than dollars or foreign dollars or whatever is coming in.
1: Let me just give you a little bit of an idea of how much money is involved and how fast it's grown. And because Citizens United and all the, all the different money's coming in different ways, the money in politics in 2008, Obama's first election, which was a very, very – it was the largest election we've ever seen. And money and everything that was being spent. That was $6 billion 2008. Fast forward to 2020. 2020, there was $16 billion, John, $16 billion. And it keeps growing exponentially every year.
0: And tell us about the sixteen billion dollars in uh, how much Spent of it the is, is coming in on the, president, on the presidential election between presidential the PACs, election, etc., etc.
1: Presidents, presidential election, money coming in, pouring in from all different segments, and and unbelievable amounts. That's including the PACs and everything else involved. That's all documented. That's all reported. And it's all transparent. But what you don't know is from the dark money, and everybody's. The 501c4s, John, you never know. And if you don't have a 501c4, you're not going to be able to compete because everybody else is. So unless there's a transformation or a change, you're not going to get money out of the politics, so you better put transparency to it. And that means, will the middle, the moderate, neither side can win, John, without the moderate middle. I'm going to call them the radical middle. People say, why would you say radical middle? The radical, modern, centrist middle. Because I can tell you, you're you're either going far left and far right. There's not that many of us left. There's not that many that you can identify with. So maybe we're radical to think that that we should be a centrist, moderate, common sense type of a person that would be in public service because we're not getting that anymore.
0: Unbelievable! It's just uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's just
1: it's challenging, John. Hey, it let is me ask very, you very this. challenging. Your listeners, you have a tremendous loyal listening uh, audience. Uh, they got to be. They got to be scared about the whole border situation. And I tell Democrats, you have got to secure the border. I tell Republicans, we've got people here that, if they had a visa, a worker visa permit, and let them work and pay for their own keeping and basically pay taxes, it would be a benefit while we're waiting to adjudicate them. But right now, I know in New York what's happening. You are paying millions and millions of dollars trying to house and keep people off the streets and this and that. And it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. And we've got Democrats and Republicans fighting over the minutiae. Oh, it's inhumane to secure the border. Well, my goodness, you can't have a superpower of the world unless you secure the borders. And the people that come here, everybody says, well, the Republicans, throw them all out. Well, you're not going to be able to round all those people up, but at least you can make them sign up to work, and then if they're not working, then you can go after the people that came for the wrong reason. But we're going to have to look at some common-sense solutions, and then, John, the crime. And even in West Virginia, we have where people are afraid in their communities anymore, and we've never had that. So crime is rampant everywhere, and then we've got and two wars. And it's the open
0: borders, uh, Senator. I mean, uh, people are coming uh, through those borders, and we don't even know who's coming.
1: I, I, I John, I, I'm so hard on that. I said we... And this whole negotiation we're doing here right now for the, uh, for the next round of how we fund this government. And I can tell you, if we're going to, and I do, I support the United States supporting Ukraine. I support Israel, and I'll do everything I can to help support them to make sure they are able to uh, succeed and be victorious. Uh, and with that being said, I support securing our borders just as strongly as those two. And that's all going to be a package that we have to come to grips with that's important for us. But tough world we live in, John. We're trying to keep from getting pulled into to, to any war, a major war. We don't want that. But if we don't support Ukraine, I will assure you, the money that we're investing is the most inexpensive money that we would ever invest to have the rewards that we're having showing the vulnerabilities of Russia. If Russia wins and Putin wins and he moves in – to our NATO allies into the Baltics and over into Poland, and all that, I can assure you this is a pittance of what it would cost us, and then we 'd have our own United States men and women in harm 's way, and their blood being shed. we don 't want that to happen absolutely and the what 's happened in israel john that was just so barbaric that attack from Hamas <clears throat> if I can say one thing so I can try to put it in perspective you know <clears throat> the, the, the 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 laws of war if two countries Two civil countries have disagreements. They go to war. There's certain laws you abide by. You know, you don't attack any of your – you do everything you can to protect your citizens, to protect your health care workers, to protect your aid workers, all of that. Those are off limits. But they get caught in collateral damages in in a war zone. But the main thing is civil countries, they go to war. They use their war machine to protect their people. Terrorists such as Hamas uses their people to protect their war machines. That's what we're dealing with, John.
0: You're and dealing... people have
1: to understand that.
0: Yes, correct. Senator, I hope you keep us informed of what's going on. We'd love to. I love your common sense. And your common sense has to be heard by everybody. And uh, God bless you and God bless America. And just keep us informed. Well,
1: well this country is the most important thing right now is how do we save our country? I've never, John, I've got to say this. I'm scared to death of where we are today. And what we see, the climate, the political climate we have, John, they're normalizing this this visceral hatred. Donald Trump has taken it to a level that he's normalized this, this visceral hatred. He wants to be elected again to use the office and weaponize it to be for, for revenge. And I said, you know, he believes that basically the only fair election is the one he won. And he believes that basically the rule law was just for you and me and not him. That's not who we are as a country. And Joe Biden has been pulled so far to the left, the extreme left, as far as liberal, makes no sense at all. It's not the person we thought was going to bring the country together. So we're, we're in a heck of a mess here, and we've got, to, we've got to bring people together, and they've got to demand more, yes. more responsibility for uniting our country. where the United States, not the divided. Hey, John, I'll leave you with one thing that I've been looking at in, in history. I love history. So 1796, President George Washington, in his farewell address, he says he warned everyone that the political parties would take away the power of the people because the power of the politics and the political parties would usurp that. He warned them in his farewell address in 1796, and he also warned them. To avoid the accumulation of debt, as I speak to you today, John, we have a debt of thirty-three trillion seven hundred and twenty billion dollars. It's unsustainable, and it's growing that. rapidly. It's awful. And, and I'll give now, you
0: quickly before the end, end of the show, because we're, we're down to the last thirty okay. seconds. And is uh, beware of the uh, what, what was Eisenhower's statement? Beware and, uh, of the, the
1: industrial complex. Industrial-military industrial complex. Complex, complex because, that's uh, exactly And he was so right. He was so, so right. So these are things that are coming, you know, 224 years ago, uh, George Washington said that, and everybody said there's, it's true today. It's the power of the parties. The system is not, it's not basically we the people anymore. It's we the party. What party do you belong to? Don't ever forget, John, it's about the people. We own this country. We are a republic with a representative form of democracy. We own it. Thank and you so much. And are going to stand up and say, we're going to radicalize. We're going to find that middle, John, and let's go.
0: Santa John Mansion. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you so much for coming on uh, today, and uh, we'll catch up again real soon.
1: Thank you, John. Let's keep in touch, buddy. I appreciate Thank it. You. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. NYC.